Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, DNVR listeners, you guys have to head to Infinity Park the weekend of October 5th and 6th to check out the International Women's Rugby Sevens event and, of course, eat delicious international food while listening to incredible bands. Infinity Park is the only U.S. stop for this rugby series, and teams from around the world are participating, including the U.S., New Zealand, Canada, Japan, England, Ireland, Russia, Brazil, France, Fiji, Australia, and Spain. This series is crucial for athletes as they prepare for the 2020 Olympics. Guys, Rugby Sevens is a physically demanding game of speed, endurance, and intensity with some of the world's most talented athletes. If you're a sports fan of any kind, you'll be blown away and highly entertained watching these women compete. What's even better is you'll be able to enjoy this with the entire family at an incredible price. Adult passes are only $20, and you receive another $5 off when you use the code BSN5. Kids 12 and under are $10, and 3 and under are free for the entire weekend. Visit Infinity Park at Glendale.com for all of your information and grab tickets. That's Infinity Park at Glendale.com. Guys, welcome in to the DNVR Nuggets podcast, Monday edition of the show. Harrison Wind and Brennan Vote here at Nuggets Media Day. We are presented today by Total Beverage, where DNVR listeners can get 30% off your purchase of $25 or more by using the code DNVR2019. Do that online or on the Total Beverage app, and Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area and also now has CBD products as well. Brendan, Media Day is in the books. We made it. That was kind of a weird day, no? It's always a little weird. It's like the first day of school. It's the first day of school, but it's not because it's not <laughs> opening night. We're not here to watch basketball. They're not here to play basketball. Right. I think everyone's excited to be back in the building, but there it, it has a perfunctory feel. Like we have to be there, but it doesn't feel like the fun started quite yet. Yeah. It was I want to get into kind of my overall takeaways from me day and the vibe that I felt like we saw um but to set the stage the lower level of Pepsi Center where we would usually do this podcast in one of the conference rooms down there. And one of the, I don't even know what the official name of those rooms are. Um, They're packed. Photo stations, video stations, all the players are doing all their like, um, you know, all their pregame stuff, all all the segments that you'll see run during games uh, with the game ops crew. That's what players are doing right now. We're up on club level here on a random couch recording this podcast. Um, But what was kind of 
the vibe you got from players, from coaches, from anybody else you would have talked to? Because last year it felt like, all right, game 82, we're still thinking about that. You know, we're determined to make the playoffs this season. This year seems like a completely different vibe. Yeah, last year I had the vibe of, uh, I read the vibe of we have something to prove and we know we can prove it. So there was this excitement, this fun in the air. Um, and they were knew they were ready to sort of shatter expectations. This year I got more of a sense, Harrison, of like been, been here, done that, right? Yeah. Been there, done that. And it's a team that seems like they know they're in this tier of almost definitely going to make the playoffs, um, probably going to be competing for a Western Conference. I wonder if goals like, hey, let's be the one seed, let's win as many regular season games as we can, those seem to be like uh, you know, out the window now. Yeah. It seems to be a team that's focused on, as Malone says, a 110-game season, those days of 82 games are over. That's the sense I got. I agree. Um, I think there were a lot of things said today that you can draw the conclusion of, all right, we know what it's like to be in the playoffs now. Right. We're going to go about the regular season with that thought in mind of, you know, we're not playing for the regular season anymore. Nope. We're not playing to get into the playoffs. We're, pl- we're playing for the playoffs. And I think you saw that from a lot of guys. The vibe I got, though, was just a relaxed one. Yes. Everybody seemed super at ease, and maybe that speaks to the fact that there's not a lot up in the air about this team. Like, we know who the starters are going to be, well, except for one of them, which we'll get into in a bit. In a little bit. We know pretty much what the rotation is going to look like. We know what they're going to look like on offense, on defense. Everything's settled, and I felt like the players really reflected that. Yeah, I would agree. What was it? Only roughly 250 minutes total from their rotation last year are yes. gone. That's reflected in guys who weren't key pieces of the rotation. So, yeah, I, I this was a team to me that I got the sense that, okay, half the team changed jerseys this summer. We're not worried so half much. Half the league, about, yeah. Half the league, sorry. We're not worried so much about that that first week, that first month of the season, right? Just like last year. I mean, we know who we are. We know what we have to do. It's a matter of executing. And so I'm with you, man. I don't think this is a team that that there's not a lot to figure out, and I think they're just ready to get started. Yeah, it was like, all right, let's just get this media day done. Let's get down to the training camp. Yeah. Let's get this thing going. I get that sense for sure. Maybe the biggest takeaway I had from today this team is thinking championship. Mm. And I can't say I'm terribly surprised because in the podcast we recorded leading up to Media Day, we all thought that it would be a central theme of Monday, and it certainly was. People, uh, players, coaches, they're very direct yes. you know, when asked about this. They certainly weren't shying away from saying, we think we're a championship team. We think we can hoist the trophy at the end of the year. What's kind of just your thoughts on how that storyline developed throughout the day? I completely agree, and also agree that it's not surprising. And last year they were vocal; they were clear that they were trying to get that that one seed. Now this year it's, hey, we think we're a championship level team, and why? Why would you shy away from that? If you won 54 games, if you were a game shy of the Western Conference Finals, and that's what Malone was telling us today, and in so far as what he's telling his guys, like. Western Conference Finals, Finals appearance, that's selling yourself short. This is a championship-caliber team. So it's not so much championship or bust. It's just, okay, in a league where, where six, seven teams now are looking in the mirror and saying, why not us? Denver's one of them. Right. They believe, and they're right in believing this, that they're in the mix. Yes. They're in that tier. Whatever you 
however you group the contenders in the West, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Nuggets are in that top tier. At least that's what they believe. They're not crazy, right? No, they of should not. be. They, of they not. are in that tier. I think we're yeah, and and that's so many teams got better in the West last year, but again, no one got any scarier than the scariest team was. I think ultimately that bar to clear is a little lower. Yeah. Um, and if you're Denver, maybe you have different thoughts about that Houston matchup uh, after the Russell Westbrook trade. So I don't think yeah, there's no reason they should look at this league as one they can't win. I mean, there's no there's no. There are matchups that scare you, but there are no unwinnable matchups for the Denver Nuggets. I thought it was interesting when Jamal Murray was talking about, yeah, uh, of course a championship is our expectation and one of our goals. When you know Michael Malone said at his press conference that, you know, yes, that's how I want our guys to think. I want that to be one of our team goals. When Malik Beasley said it, when mm. Paul Millsap said, yeah, I don't see any reason why we can't be hoisting the trophy at the end of the year. They never. They didn't say any of those things like as this big proclamation. No, it no. didn't. It wasn't a big deal that, to any of those guys. They that weren't they trying to things. give you a headline, right? That's no, just they, it's just a reality right, for them. Right. They, it wasn't like breaking news. It felt like that they were saying these things. I mean, I guess because they probably believe it and something they've been talking about all summer. And I guarantee you, when they have their team dinner tonight in Colorado Springs where we're holding training camp, Mike Malone is going to bring up this needs to be a team goal for us. Absolutely. Do you think they're hanging on to that that Game 7 loss the same way they did? Right? Game 82 was such a theme last year at Media Day. Yeah, and I, and I wrote about this when uh, I published a piece Monday morning just about Torrey Craig thinking you know, this team has championship aspirations that maybe they could have that focus and channel that frustration from losing – in Game 7 to Portland the same way they did, channeling that frustration from Game 82. I can't imagine it's to the same extent. I know. Because, like, missing the playoffs compared to just, you know, not advancing a, a round further in the playoffs is a little different. And just that frustration from not making the playoffs two years in a row and missing it by one game, I feel like that's got to be greater. But maybe they could be similar to some degree. It was killing Tory Craig today, man. He was asked a couple of times if he's thought about it. Right. I don't, I don't think he's stopped thinking about it. He was also asked if he would do anything differently on that last play with CJ. And he said, I think I'd force him right next time. <laughs> Nikola Jokic Harrison, not, not thinking about the Portland game. Yeah, I was going to ask you, who do you think thought about it the most? And who do you think thought about it the least? I do think it was Torrey for the reasons we just mentioned. Right. And I do think it was Nikola Jokic, who I truly believe when he says, I do not care about these things. I feel like I learn a lot about Jokic when he, he talks like he did today. Yeah, he was candid. Yeah. Very candid today. Very relaxed, which, like I said, was a theme with everybody on this team, from him to Porter to Jamal Murray to Paul Millsap. Everybody seemed very relaxed, very you know, at peace at the beginning of the season. Jokic did say, though, that he was asked about the team goals, like if championship is a team goal, if Western Conference Finals is a team goal. He said he doesn't set goals. Yeah, and I believe that, too, which is such right. an insane thing he to say. He said he doesn't set goals because, like, if you don't meet your goals, then, you know, it's a disappointment. Then you're stressed out over meeting your goals or not meeting your goals. Um, but I feel like I learned a little more about him from that quote. He, he's not motivated the same way everyone else is. He said as much last season. I think it was TJ asked him, um, "Does losing doesn't motivate you? Does winning motivate you? And he said, not, it's not even that. So it's the process. 
Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic is a process-oriented person, so he's less concerned with the results as he is about the day in and day out. But you know, you can't you can't draw you, you can't allow anything Jokic says to um, to teach you too much about this team. I mean, I don't like he's he's usually the outlier, and I've found that he usually feels differently than everyone else. And um, I'm sure. Like I'm sure Malone's not as concerned about having Jokic on the same page about the team goals as everyone else. No, not at all. But I do think it could stem a little bit from just the fact that most NBA teams take on the personality of their best player. Mm. The fact that Jokic is always so relaxed and he was relaxed today, maybe that fed off on some other guys too. Yeah, it's possible. I just think you know this isn't this isn't a team who's going to feel any heat till they get to the playoffs again and they have an opportunity to go further. They're in that club now. Yeah. So obviously a big takeaway, this team is talking about a championship. Can't say we're really surprised, but you know, everybody that was asked about it kind of had a similar answer. You know, why not us? Right. Why can't we be hosting that, hoisting that trophy at the end of the year? You know, we were right there last year. We were one shot away from the Western conference finals. Michael Malone was very direct though in kind of his thoughts about that too right absolutely yeah he, he did not mince his words um again he was careful to, to make it clear though that uh, he said this to us you know it's not championship or bus right right and and his point there is this is still a young team and while they have decisions to make this summer should they fail to get there it's not like they're out of time <laughs> i mean this team can take several more stabs but yeah it's it would be a waste um not to build off of what they did last year it would be it would be silly not to set championship as a goal when you know you were so close. And and frankly, I think some of the guys on this team felt like championship was a, was attainable last year. Definitely. Whether the rest of us feel that way or not. All right, a lot more to get to here. Media day takeaways. A lot of more interesting stuff from MPJ to Paul mm-hmm. Millsap. We'll get to that in a second, though. I did want to let you guys know, at this point in the podcast, I'm usually drinking a Breck brew. I'm not right now. We're at Pepsi Center. We're working. We're on the clock. Uh, but I do want to remind you guys, or just tell you if you don't know yet, Breck Brew on October 5th is having what they're pretty much calling their birthday party. It's Breck's birthday party. It's the Hoot Nanny on October 5th. Breck, Brew, Breck Brewery is 29 this year. And what it is, it's an all day festival with two stages of music all the beer, all the games, all the food vendors you could possibly want. If you want more info on it, breckbrew.com backslash hootnanny, H-O-O-T-E-N-A-N-N-Y. That website has all the information, the bands that are playing, where to get tickets, yada, yada, yada. A band called the Disco Biscuits. You ever heard of the Disco Biscuits? I have not, no. That's who's headlining uh, the Breck Brewery Hootnanny on October 5th. It's down at the Breck Brew compound. I don't know if you guys have ever been down there. Gorgeous. Gorgeous place to see a show. Bunch of different bars. Just great views. Uh, so make sure to check that out if you guys don't have anything going on on October 5th. I'm sure a couple of us from DNVR will be down there. And also before we move on, quick word from Vita Mobile IV. You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience a pretty rough hangover after the Broncos draft party and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on the DNVR Facebook but Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue. And I mean, they really came through. Vita Mobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. Vita Mobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative health care. 
and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with Vita Mobile IV. Download their app. Request a skilled IV drip therapist. Sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off of your first IV drip. Visit VitaMobileIV.com today and learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save 20%. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Winden, Brendan Vote on a Monday post-media day. Let's talk about MPJ. I would love to. MPJ was awesome today. It was great. I thought it was a very, uh, very mature-sounding Michael Porter Jr., who spoke um, eloquently and candidly about his role mm-hmm. and about the process, the hardest process, I think, for guys like him of of that transition from a guy who had the ball in his hands just about every time down the floor in high school to a guy who might not be the fifth, even one of the five best players on his team next year. Yeah. And he talked, he talked like a guy who understood that he was joining a 54-win team and not the other way around. Did you get that same sense? Definitely. And, you know, he's only a year older from when we talked to him at Media Day last year. It seems like he's five years older. Yes. He seems way more mature, just way more at peace. Maybe, you know, looking back, it's tough to say this injury could be like a blessing in disguise for him moving forward because, look, I mean, it's had to have been hell for him these last two years sitting on the side and just only being able to watch, but it definitely seems like he's got a different perspective on things right now. I think there's a very, assuming he becomes healthy in the long run, I think it'll be easy to look back on that year as a blessing in disguise. We know it helped Ben Simmons. We know it helped other people in that situation. But specifically for for Michael, I think it's the things we just talked about. Like a year in a professional basketball organization, like that'll grow you up faster than a year of normal life, right? And, And so... I think this is a guy who, having been around a team, having been around coaches, having watched a team succeed and fail for myriad reasons, has a better understanding of who he needs to be in the league now than he would if he was just suiting up for, say, the Chicago Bulls right away his rookie year. I'm buying what he's selling in terms of how he's talking about his role. Yeah, I'm buying that he really believes that he's going to have to really adjust his game from, like you were saying, being that number one guy who always had the ball in his hands throughout AAU high school ranks, I think deep down he really has come around to the fact that, okay, I'm going to have to adjust my game to being a role player on this team. And if that's the case, uh, I mean, that's just there couldn't be any better news for Denver. And Adam asked him if you could distill it into like one word, one thing that you're trying to show the coaching staff at your first training camp, um, what would it be? And he said that I'm an elite defender. Yeah, he, he wants. He, he's trying to soak in that mentality of, okay, I'm not about. I'm not scoring option one, but I'm still six ten, right? I'm still long, and so if I focus on using my body in that way and being an elite rebounder and an elite defender, I can help my team more than mm-hmm. just trying to score twenty points a game. Yeah, I was really impressed with pretty much everything he had to say, and. The defender comment, the defense comment was interesting because he's probably going to have to play really good defense if he wants to win the starting small forward job. Absolutely. Which Michael Malone called today an open competition. Can't say I'm terribly surprised because I had heard in the lead-up training camp that it was probably going to be an open competition. Um, But I think that was definitely a big deal that he came out and said it as 
you know, boldly as he did. And I think the key word in determining, you know, who, who wins that battle will be trust. Can Michael Malone trust them out there with the starters? And we know for him that that goes back to defense first and yeah. foremost. So that it is encouraging to hear Michael Porter Jr. thinking, talking that way. Yeah, well, let's talk about small forward. Um, it was interesting. The quote that Malone gave, he listed four guys in the competition. He listed Will Barton, obviously the incumbent, Michael Porter Jr., Wancho, Aaron Gomez, who's coming off a great summer for Spain, and Torrey Craig. Uh, no Malik Beasley mentioned in that quote. I, I don't want to like say for sure that he's not in the competition. Sure. But Doesn't sound like it. I guess for the purpose of this argument, we'll just go off of the four guys that Malone mentioned. So Barton, MPJ, Wancho, Torrey Craig. Who is your pick to, to win this job? I think that Michael Malone is inclined to go with Torrey Craig. Interesting. And I think it goes back to what we just talked about, which is trust and that being rooted in defense. And I think of the names we just mentioned, Craig's probably the name where you worry the least about on that end. Um, but, but does that give you the highest ceiling? Absolutely not. Uh, Will Barton, I think having a third playmaker out there would be great for Denver. Um, with that starting unit, we know Barton's a better spot-up shooter uh, than some people think. So obviously, if he's healthy, he fits in well. But even Wancho Harrison, I think Wancho's the ultimate uh, Jokic player offensively. And so I think that unit has a higher ceiling. Um, but I do think that that he'll ultimately go with Torrey Craig. Do you feel differently? I do. I do. I think Will Barton wins this job. And I feel that way for a couple different reasons. Um I mean, I've been on record that I think this is a big bounce back year for Will Barton, and he looks like the guy he was in 2018, mm -hmm. more so than the guy he was last season. And from a fit, I mean, Barton doesn't give you the defense that Torrey Craig does, but, I mean, offensively, he's just such a better option. And we've seen what a healthy Will Barton can do with that starting yep. lineup. That unit really clicks when all those guys are in rhythm. And... Torrey was good with the starters last year. He wasn't great. And, and when think, it was bad, it was it I was think people bad. forget that he got pulled from the starting lineup because Denver could not get off to good starts in games. Um, so I think it's going to have to come down to what the Nuggets prioritize. Offense, defense, fit. I mean, they could go a couple different directions, I think. But going into training camp, I got to think Barton's the, le like, the no. leader in the clubhouse as the incumbent, right? I actually, I retract, I retract my answer. I think you're right. <laughs> okay. uh, yes, and, I, and I, think, I think Malone wants to. Like, they went away from Will Barton because Will Barton got hurt. And then when he came back, he was probably 10 pounds too light. He just wasn't the same player. But if he was healthy... And, and, my, and Michael Malone had it his way. I do think it would have been Will Barton in with the starters all year. And so it's probably safe to assume that's still the case. Um, and, and, you know, Malone's a guy who wants to reward players. And, and Barton's one of his guys. So if he really attacked it this summer and he's in shape and he's healthy and he's confident, I think you're right. Malone will be inclined to give, give him the job again. When it comes to MPJ in this competition, like the Nuggets have been very careful about saying, all right, we – don't want to give him too much too soon. And they're right about that. Like, we don't want to just anoint this guy as the next franchise cornerstone here because, like, we can't. He hasn't played any games for us. We don't know if he can stay healthy. Like, we don't want to give him too much too soon. What do you think would have to happen for MPJ to wind up as the starting small forward post 
you know, training camp. Huh. What do you think would have to happen throughout the preseason and training camp for Porter to win this job? Is it possible? It is possible, but this is the brightest timeline. I mean, I think he would have to dominate. Yeah. Um, I think we're shooting well over 40% um, in, in obviously training camp, but then the early parts of the season. Uh, I think, though, mostly it would be what we heard Porter talking about today. It would be that he would have to focus on those other things, on, on being using his body, being a, a positive defender, being a rebounder. I mean, this dude is 6'10". Physically, he can fill a gap for this team on the wing that they haven't been able to fill. So yeah. if he can focus on that, I mean, it's possible, Harrison. Um, it's just it's just so far-fetched to me, the idea that he would be starting by the yeah, end. Yeah, like what's the percentage chance that he's the starter when this is said and done? Five? Five percent, if not low. Yeah. Can't be that much it, more than that. No. I, I'm, I'm uh, all the way in on the slow your roll train for, <laughs> right. for Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> right. Definitely some more observations we still want to get to. DNVR listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Of course, it's Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, along with back pain and arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right, Brendan, wrapping up on today's show. Any other observations, takeaways, random thoughts, things you saw that stuck out to you? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with Jeremy Grant today, who seemed thrilled to be in Denver um, in his in his own way. He's an understated guy, yeah. Jeremy Grant. In many ways, he fits the mold of the current Denver Nuggets, both on and off the court. Uh, but he spoke candidly about reading the writing on the wall in OKC as a, as a place where maybe some trades could happen, some changes could be made, and maybe he didn't have a long-term future. And that subsequently he couldn't be any happier to wind up in a place like Denver, which all of a sudden is like the bastion for stability. Right. And Denver in four years has gone from a place it seemed like nobody wanted to be and a place that was so rocky to most stable franchise in the league. Like if you're a young player, say for the G League situation, it's like, right. yeah, Denver's about as an ideal scenario as you can get. That might be the most... Shocking thing. Yeah, right? shocking storyline the last four years. It was very funny to listen to him speak of the team that way. And he's not wrong, but they've certainly come a long way. So just excited about a guy who I think is going to slide uh, slide into things nicely in and off the court, man. And, and the sense that, you know, this is a guy who's excited to be here, which is important because he's on a contract year. And as we know, he matches up with their timeline better than, than Millsap or any other power forward on the roster. So as a potential guy for the future, um, he sounds like he's excited to be here. Yeah. Here's an observation I had. Paul Millsap is embracing the prospects of load management. Yep. Yep, I know. Big time that. embracing it. I think his quote today was, if they want to load manage me, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> That's so a great quote. if there are any questions out there about if – Millsap wanted to take a couple games off here and there, maybe sit on the second half of back-to-back, late in the season, rest up for the playoffs. He's all for it. Uh, He's fine with load management. He he did say today that, you know, he feels like he's in great shape. He's moving really well. He he feels better now than he did, you know, his last couple years in Atlanta just from a 
physical standpoint, but he's cool with the load management. I would think 16th season in the league. I would think no matter what shape you're in, you're probably cool with taking some back-to-backs yeah. off here and then. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I kind of wish I had asked him, as, as well as he feels physically, he had some tough playoff games, and you just wonder at his age, like, how much does it help to really get that extra rest, you know, in, in the regular season? I think the answer is a lot. And by judging by his answer today, it's something he welcomes. Yeah. Anything else that jumped out to you? I mean, from any of the players or, or, or coaches you talked to? Oh, about? I thought Wancho could have been way more uh, arrogant in his trash <laughs> talk. He yeah. was very modest about the World Cup yeah. thing today. Well, they did tell a great story. He said in, in Spain's game against Serbia, he saw Jokic turn to argue with the refs and right. he went to stop him. And then he realized he's on the other team and he let him go. And that cracked me up. He also said that, or, you know, Jokic said that Wancho hit a three in his eye in that Spain-Serbia game, and then Wancho went over to trash talk him, and Jokic was like, yeah, I couldn't even really oh, understand what he was saying. <laughs> They're the best, Spanish. man. They're the best. Uh, Wancho talk, talked a little bit about the injury. Um, mm-hmm. He said he didn't have much time after game seven. It was just a couple days after he went and got the procedure done because he knew he wanted to play internationally that summer. Right. Um, but he, he denied, he, he again refused to use that injury as an excuse for the way he played and shot last season, which I don't know if that's just him being a consummate pro, um, if we really can chalk it up to something else. But, you know, he, he says he's prepared to play through pain. He feels healthy now and then he doesn't want to use that as an excuse. Classic Wancho. He's not an excuse type of guy. He's not. He's just he he's talent wise, he's better than this from from an attitude standpoint. He is the perfect like eleventh or twelfth guy right. on a basketball team. He should be the Nuggets Nick Collison. Exactly. exactly. And ever and ever. Uh just keep him around so Jokic has like his best friend around. Exactly. But I mean, I guess just summing up here, not an incredibly eventful media day. I don't think we had, you know, a ton of breaking news by any means um on the bowl bowl front not cleared for five on five he said today right not gonna play in the preseason i I don't think we'll be hearing much from him this year yeah that's how i feel as well uh but other than that man we know who this team is i I feel like as reporters we had our work cut out for us maybe more than any other beat in the league this year because everyone had material everyone had new players questions things to figure out man for us for the nuggets we're just waiting for the real show to start exactly then that's all we got for today's episode of the dnvr nuggets podcast guys make sure to subscribe to us on itunes on spotify on stitcher wherever you get your podcasts from I know we didn't do it on today's episode, but I did tell you guys we'd read every new review that you guys leave. That's right. That's right. We'll start doing that again on Tuesday's show. Uh, so leave those reviews on iTunes. Of course, they got to be five-star reviews. Uh, so make sure you give us five stars. Just type in DNVR or the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Pops up right there on iTunes. Also subscribe, also subscribe to the DNVR.com. We'll be putting up a ton of great content for Media Day. A lot of exclusive stuff that you won't be able to find anywhere else. So make sure to check us out. And, of course, we'll have the podcast every day this week. All right. I think that's all the time we got for today. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Before we get out of here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, I want to remind you guys, Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off your purchase of $25 or more. 
got to use the code DNVR2019. You can do that online or on the Total Beverage app. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state, plus they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more, and better yet, you don't have to leave the comfort of your home, and you can get delivered.